Welcome to episode number 133 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you again by SeatGeek. And I want to welcome a brand new major leaguer, at least for the 2022 season, Stephen Brawl to the Chicago Cubs. Welcome back to this show and welcome back to the show. Thank you. It is good to be back in both. Yes. Well, let's start with the obvious. Yeah. Are you either on the run or are you trying out for some Hollywood role? What's the reason for the stash? Uh, well, just like everybody else, I saw Top Gun. And uh, when I was down in, when I was in AAA with the Iowa Cubs, uh, I was in the bullpen there. Great group of dudes. I mean, we, I was only there for about 10 days and I mean, they were awesome. Um, but like six other guys had mustaches. So I was like, you know what? Lydia's not here right now. I'm going to grow it out. And then uh, actually I got to see Lydia this weekend and she didn't totally hate it. So it's staying for at least the time being. Isn't it amazing how our opposite number really determines what we look like these days? I mean, the only reason I'm growing this thing is because Michelle digs it. That's it. Yeah. No, if, if I told Lydia, like when we first saw each other, if her reaction had been, oh my gosh, that's horrible. I would have shaved it. You know, it wouldn't have been a question. It would have just been like, Oh, well, it was fun while it lasted. But because she gave just enough of a window, I'm just hopping right through it. And I'm just keeping it for for at least a little bit of time. Yeah, You know what you do? I think his name wasn't his name. Uh, Miles Teller Rooster. Wasn't it that you uh, No, Miles Teller wasn't Rooster. Miles Teller was. I mean, he's Rooster's son. I forgot. No, what they he's call him. Goose's son. Goose's oh, son yeah, Rooster. you're right. Wow. Yeah. Good call. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you actually look like you could be his body double a little bit. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Big Miles Teller fan. So I'll take that. Yeah, I know. I, you know what? I want to get him on the rotation. He's a big time Phillies fan. Big time. Really? And we're represented by the same agency. What are the odds that I could do this? I mean, what could they do? I mean, they'll just say no, right? I mean, what's the worst that could happen? That would be pretty hurtful. Look at that picture. Seriously, like with the way your hair is right now, you could be. God, I got my first my first Chicago haircut earlier this morning. It looks actually really good. I was about to tell you how nice it looked. Thank you. Thank you. Are Dan you, did a great job. What are they what are they charging in Chicago these days? Uh, let's see. It was like 30 bucks and then um, I tipped ten dollars. So 40 bucks. But the. uh it's I mean, I'm I'm staying in the hotel right next to Wrigley. So like the um, it's it's literally like right down the street. I think it was called W, you know, like Wrigley Barber or something like that. <laughs> Did Dan know who you were? Uh, Dan asked me. No, he didn't know who I was. No, no, no. Um, by the end of the, you know, it comes up a conversation, though. There was nobody else in there. It was just us two. And it was like, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. I had a lot of hair, a lot of bushiness going on that i need to get right. rid of um so so we you know we talk and everything and once he found out then you know it was like hey you know can i get a picture and put it on my instagram kind of thing but you know it's not going to make any difference all the uh all six people in chicago who know that i am a chicago cub uh i don't know if they're going to see that post stop that number will increase to double digits by the end of the season yes it's all we were looking for, double digits. It's funny because, you know, I've played in Wrigley so much. So then, you know, my first time being up with the Cubs 
and coming out of the other bullpen, getting used to their clubhouse. <clears throat> I still don't understand our clubhouse. I still can't get out without somebody like leading me out. It's so <laughs> confusing, but um, no, it's been really nice. Everybody's been very welcoming. You know, it was talk about getting thrown into the fire. You know, you just first day up double header, just bang, just like that. Um, but it's really fun. I did well. So that was nice. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season with the Cubbies. You did better than well. You got three outs on seven pitches. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was nice. Uh, like for a, for a first outing, like ninth inning tie game, it was nice to just get out there and be able to come sit back down and not have to stress out, you know, too much. How did the feeling of being back on a major league mound after quite a while compared to making your debut where they, did you have similar like physiological reactions? Yeah. I mean, it was like the day before I was more nervous than the actual day of. Um, and then once you get out on the mound, you know, it's kind of hard to really feel anything other than, you know, I'm just trying to compete and get outs. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely a little nerves as it kind of felt like, you know, my second debut is what it felt like. Um, but obviously second debut is going to be a little bit less intense than the first one. First one, I was just, I mean, mentally all over the place, which anybody is. Uh, but this one a little more, I think better, you know, focused, it kind of helps that, you know, you feel like you belong, you've been there, I can do it. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, no, it's still going back to back my first two days back in the big leagues is, you know, that's the classic welcome to the big leagues. <laughs> this is what we do here. You pitch, you're ready to go. We need an arm. Let's go. Physically. How'd you feel? Good. Felt really good. Um, and, man, the, the Cubs training staff and everything down in Arizona really, really did a number on me in a good way. Um, I feel better, more ready to pitch than I have in multiple years. So I'm, I'm excited. It's awesome. It was so Thanks, much man. fun. God, I can only imagine because it hasn't been a good year on the north side of town. Let's just be honest here. Yeah, it hasn't gone well. So here you come. You're naturally like, hey, everybody. It's good to see you. Like you're an up dude. Yeah. And, you know, it's right before the all star break. So everybody's grinding anyway. They're like, Jesus Christ, can we just get to Sunday already? And here you are probably like a little bunny hopping around the clubhouse and stuff. Is that pretty much the way it went? Pretty much uh, like just everything is so nice and fancy and cool. And, you know, you, you get you get used to it. Right. You kind of get jaded to it as you do it for a while. And so, yeah, when you get that experience taken away and then, you know, I'm down in Arizona, which was nice, but still it's spring training facility. You know, it's not the same. And then, you know, go to Iowa for for a little bit and same experience where it's it's good. It's good. I'm not complaining. There's nothing wrong. It's just it's not the big leagues. And then you get back up and it's like, oh, that's right. That's right. But it is different, you know, pitching with the crowd here at Wrigley cheering for me instead of cheering against me. That's nice because, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like you said, it's been a rough season, but the fans still show up here. There's no such thing as, you know this is an event. This is what you do in Chicago. You go to Cubs games, you know, and, um, and it's a cool feeling. I, I, it, it's a cool feeling to be a part of that. You know, you walk around here in Chicago, everybody wears Cubs stuff, you know, all the time. It's just, it's just different. It's cool. Isn't, uh, isn't the bullpen inside the wall now? Yeah, that's, it is a little strange. Um, 
It's better though, because I was, I, my third start in the big leagues was against the Cubs in Wrigley field in late August of 2016 on like a Monday night against Jake Arietta. And there was like, you know, 40,000 people there, full stadium. It was my third start and I was terrified. And the bullpen was still on the field, like on the side. And so you got a hundred Cubs fans six feet away from me, just peppering me with insults, just for the whole time I'm warming up for my start. I mean, 30 minutes, just constant how much I suck and how much I should leave and go home and how much they hate me. And I'm like, you know, this is really cool. (laughs) Like this is not something that normal people get to experience. You know what I mean? Like if that happened on the street, you're probably either getting mugged or, um, I mean, there's a fight happening, right? I mean, you, you don't just, you don't just walk by people and tell them, Hey, you fucking suck. You're nothing. You're nothing. Like you don't deserve to be here. You know, all that stuff. It's just like, that's not normal. It's not normal life, but it's, it's fun. Imagine if you had shown up with this mustache in your third major league start, they really would have had some material. Well, my mustache this is by far the best facial hair i've ever been able to grow yeah i was gonna tell you so i still can't i still can't grow anything on my chin so i can't even choose to do a full beard so i'm actually pretty proud of this like it's you know i actually you know lined it up today on the on the top lip you know so i'm i'm committed to it i'm at least trying to make it look as good as it can no it's it's really solid and in fact we have a big facial hair issue going on in our house our 16 year old brady is now growing a mustache and i gotta tell you for 16 it's an a plus because i couldn't grow anything i don't know about you but i couldn't grow a damn thing at 16 i just i'm 30 years old and i just said this is the best facial hair i've ever been able to grow so that should tell you everything you need to know but he looks like he's he could pass for like 22 easily Yeah. yeah so and he's digging it. He actually looks like if they were to um, come up with another uh, Queen movie, he could oh, yeah. actually probably play the role of Freddie Mercury right now. Freddie Mercury, he's got the short hair and the mustache. Nice. I love Impressive. that. Impressive. I like that the mustache came back. I'm, I'm, I've always been a fan. And, and I've always wanted to be a part of a, uh, of a fad, you know, of like a circle coming back. Because I'm not a style guy. Clothes and stuff, I don't really do. You're not? So, no, no, white t-shirt, Lulu pants. I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty standard for me. Um, I just solid color shirts, very simple when it comes to clothes. So like hair, I like to mess around with and change different stuff. And I've always wanted to be able to do the facial hair thing as well. But I haven't been able to now, now I can, I can do this trend. So I'm, I'm hopping on the train. I'm, I'm riding along with it. All right. So you said that you're, um, you're boarded up in a hotel right now. I imagine they pay for that for a little while and then you're on your own. What are the plans? Yeah. So when you get called up to the big leagues, you get what's called your seven and seven. So, so you get seven days in the hotel and you get seven days of meal money. And that's kind of, you know, the, the buffer period to help you have some time to find a place. Um, but actually we're going to be, so I've used two of my days or three of my days so far. I'm using two more right now. And then we only have, we have a, two-day homestand um we go to philly 
today. We have a two-game two homestand against the Pirates, and then we're on the road again until August 5th. So it doesn't even make any sense for me to, to worry about that yet because I'm not going to need to find a place in, for at least a few more weeks. Um, but once that happens, yeah, I'm, I have no idea what I'm going to do. We got to figure out car stuff, got to figure out Lydia and the dog, got to figure out, you know, getting them up here, getting a car here, getting an Airbnb, hopefully somewhere where it's not, you know, 40 minutes through traffic to the field every day. So all that stuff. Welcome. Welcome to Big League. The things they don't tell you. They don't well, give you places to live. You find okay. those. But let's think this through because I'm a big logistics guy. Like I, when I travel, I love to know it. Like I follow where my plane's coming in from, what time, hotel, I'm calling ahead. Like I'm big on this stuff. Millar, whom I haven't even seen in like a year and a half, texted me the other day when he was out here in Los Angeles. He's like, I need you to check on my plane going back to Austin. Like, yeah, I'm like his travel agent. So I am curious. You're only going to be there a couple more months. I mean, it's like two and a half, two and a half tops. I mean, I'm assuming the Cubs don't make the playoffs. Sorry, my apologies. So what is the thought process? Can you find a place that's month to month at this point? Yeah, that's that's what Airbnbs are for. So I don't people don't really not a lot of people know this, but when you go on Airbnb, you can search like month to month. So, So there are all cities have lots of places that you can rent for the whole month. And it usually ends up being cheaper you know than a hotel but about the same as if you got a furnished apartment but those you know like getting a furnished apartment and them only doing month to month usually that jacks up the price more so like airbnb is usually the best choice for that kind of thing for like a two-month thing but if i'm yeah if i'm going to be somewhere like in pittsburgh i had you know a house that i rented every season Mm -hmm. that i you know i found it the first year through a friend and then was able to like basically tell them like, Hey, I'll be back again next year. If it's open, you know, and that made it easy, but yeah, no, it's everybody. You, you just got to find a place. Some people go in unfurnished apartments and, you know, there's furniture rental companies, but then when you move out, you have to do all that stuff. You know, you have to get the furniture people to come get it. And then you have, you know, it's just, there's no good way to do it. um, Other than, you know, if you sign a deal somewhere and then you can buy a house in that place. You know what I mean? If you know, you're going to be somewhere for a few years, I am not that guy, at least not yet. So, right. Um, so yeah, for, for these, all these years, it's just been, you get up there and you, you start looking, you know? Okay. Um, did you know when you got back to Iowa, was there, had they talked to you? Like, we're going to keep you down here 10 days. And then as long as you're healthy, you're, you're coming up or did it, did they kind of spring it on you? Hey, we need you in the show. Here you go. Yeah, no, it was it, the whole thing. I think the I think the Cubs, uh, for me, the way I took it was that it was a combination of rehab and like, you know, getting tested out, you know, when I went to AAA because I had to be active on the roster because I wasn't on the major league roster. So I can't rehab there. So in order for me to go to AAA, I had to be activated. Um, so I think at that point, you can't just say that it's rehab. And so they weren't telling me when my outings were going to be or anything like that. Um, it was just treated like I was there, you know, playing in AAA and, and figuring things out. And, and that's how I took it. And I think that's how they wanted me to take it. And um, it went well, you know, it was, it was a good in between kind of thing, you know, um, 
but at the same time, I know it's not like they're, they weren't expecting me to be perfect yet because I only had one rehab outing before I went there. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's why I'm saying it's some kind of in-between thing, but I also had an opt out on July 15th, which is the day I got brought up. So the whole thing was, I would assume planned, but you know, I think it makes sense. You don't, you like teams like to tell players things when it's relevant information that will help them. Um, but like a lot of things can just change on a dime. So I completely understand why they wouldn't just come out and tell me what the plan was. If that was the plan all along, I have no idea, but you know, there's no reason to tell me because what if something changes? What if, what if I have a setback and now I'm frustrated because I knew I was going to be in the big leagues in a week? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So like that kind of stuff, it just doesn't help. Um, so no, they didn't tell me anything, but you know, as I look back on it, it, it seemed like a solid progression. Got it. Well, here on the Chris Rose rotation, we know that trading cards has become big time business yet again. And you know, who's the most trusted sports card seller on the entire planet. That's right. It is Greg Morris Cards. They sell more than 80,000 sports cards each and every month. That is more than 2,000 per day. In fact, GMC sells baseball cards from every era. So if you want those ones that are pre-war, they got them. Post-war, they got them. Modern era, they got those as well. So you're probably asking to yourself, why do people trust GMC for buying cards? Well, Greg Morris and his team, they hand grade each and every card they sell. In fact, Buyers have been trusting Greg's grades for years. So if Greg Morris says, this card is mint, guess what? It's mint, baby. Book it. So what I want you to do is go to gregmorriscards.com to check out the entire inventory. In fact, GMC wants to do a little giveaway. They want to give you 10 bucks in free cards just for hearing about them right here on John Boy Media. So go to their website, go to gregmorriscards.com, find all the cards you want. If you win the eBay auction, you message him with the code John Boy. You get 10 bucks off of your order. That is $10 off your order with the code John Boy if you win the eBay auction. Once again, head to gregmorriscards.com right now. Get yourself in the game. Speaking of Iowa, you guys are going there soon. I know. Okay, dude, I had no idea. I had no idea. I, was, uh, I went home for the All-Star break and somebody mentioned it to me like, oh, yeah. You get to play in the field of dreams. And I was like, oh my God, that's right. I thought it was the coolest thing that Major League Baseball has done in the last however many years when they did it right. last year. Yeah. You and I both so, loved it. Both loved yeah. it. So you guys get to take on the Cincinnati Reds in early August. Yep. Um, August 11th, I believe it is. Yep. That'll be fun, dude. You know, it's that's like uh I, you know, it's funny. I played, I have played on that field, the real field of dreams field, you know, because my family has gone there a few times so you know you can go out there and just play catch on the field or whatever but now to get to play in the new stadium version of of the field of dreams is very exciting so this will be the second like special game is i played in the little league world series game a few years ago with the pirates i didn't actually play but i was there right and then we got this field of dreams game how was the little league world series game oh it was the coolest it was so it was so sick it was an exhausting day we you know, from Pittsburgh to Williamsport was like a 40 minute flight. Right. But we, we flew, I think our flight was at 8 AM. So we flew out there. As soon as we got there, we were doing stuff. I mean, it was the whole team. We were watching little league games. We were going on the fields, you know, 
like standing out there when the teams would come out on the lines, you know, high five them and stuff. And then we went and I think we watched, we watched a little bit of an American game. And then we also watched, I think it was like Japan versus Mexico or something like that. And then it was just really cool just being around it, you know, like there's just every kid there, we went into the the dorms and they have, mm-hmm. you know, ping pong tables and video games and all that stuff. It's like, Oh my gosh, it's like a 12 year old boy's absolute dream, you know? Um, and we all still got that inside us a little bit. So we had a blast yeah. and uh, yeah, then we ate lunch. We went over to the fields and we started getting ready at, you know, normal time and then did a whole day batting practice interviews all that stuff on the field. And then, um, then we played the games and then we flew home that night. So it was, I mean, we left at 8am probably left the stadium at about seven 30 to get to the plane and then probably got back to the stadium at like, you know, whatever time it was midnight, 1230, something like that. It was a long day, yeah, but it was super day. fun. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Well, this one's going to be great. I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I can't imagine they'll run Costner back out there again to, Dude, yeah, my family was talking about this over the break. We actually got our whole family together, uh, which is very rare. But nice. it was my most because my grandmother's funeral, which was you know sad. But uh, no, it's a it's okay. She's 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 a great lady. But we um so we, but it got the whole family together for the first time in over two years. You know it's those those kind of things do that. You know it's sad, but it Grammy would have been extremely happy knowing that her funeral brought so many people together, you know, so many family members, um, which she also, my, my grandma, she, this is the grandma that wanted me. She was the one that wanted me to sing the national anthem before a major league game. So that was like one of her big things. And so when I did it, obviously she was super happy and everything, but she always would make me sing at places. Like I'd go to a senior luncheon at her church and like, of course there'd be a live band. So then I would go sing a song or two, you know, stuff like that. She just loved it. So, of course, in her funeral request, she asked that I sing a song in the mass as a funeral mass because she's Catholic. And so I get to the funeral. I practiced it. And, you know, the the music lady, um, she, OK, let's let's practice it together before. OK, sounds good. And we did it. And then as soon as I finished, she goes, this is like five minutes before the funeral starts. She goes, um, so do you do you do this? Are you a cantor in mass often? And I was like, I honestly haven't done this since I was probably 18, maybe 19 in college once or twice, but no, she's like, well, um, I'm not really much of a singer. So do you happen to know these songs? And I ended up singing all the songs from my grandma's funeral mass. (laughs) You are kidding. No, no. And there's only one, one that choked me up because there was one song where you, you know, it's a Russ called responsorial Psalm and you know, you sing, a line and then the audience not audience the congregation sings right. it back um and then uh but the verses you sing by yourself and the third verse was the one i knew was going to choke me up because it was about like walking through the valley of death but i you know fear no evil all that kind of stuff and so that one i had a little voice crack because i was starting to whimper a little bit but i got through it <laughs> wow by the way i like calling them an audience better than a congregation like we should know, be printing right? out you know one day only Stephen brault appearing yeah. at Gra- grammy's funeral right. here we go yeah how old no, was, was she uh 80 she's like 85 86 somewhere right. in there um but we uh yeah we got the whole family together there's there's a lot of nieces and nephews now my brother philip bless his soul 
has a, a three-year-old, a almost two-year-old, and about five weeks ago, no, uh, not even that long, three weeks ago, on. had twin girls. So he's got four girls under four years old. <laughs> Can we tell Philip he doesn't have to make a child every time they hang out? No, I, I don't know if he knows that, but he watches these. So now that I'm sure he will appreciate you telling him that. Yeah, Philip. Coming from a guy who's been a father longer than you have, I just want to let you know, if I had a child every time I had sex with my wife, we'd have two kids. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, Sorry. Uh, I'm going to. Here's a quote from a good friend of mine that I will not I will not say who it is, but uh, he always says that at least he has proof that he's had sex before because he has a kid. <laughs> Not until the DNA swab's done, brother. Ooh, yeah, true, true. Hey, we just had our John Boy Media all-star extravaganza out here in Los Angeles, right? And so we had a big, big party. Um, so we had like 20 people that came from John Boy Media here, and they got to meet my kids. They had met Brady a little earlier in an event, and then they met Josh. And my kids are huge. They're 6'5 and 6'2. They're like, Jesus, Rose. Like, even Ploof was like, my God. How do you create these monsters? I said, I don't, not exactly sure. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just, but at this point, you're just riding with it. Don't, you don't do the DNA test. You know, it's too late it's now. It. Yeah. Just love them like they're yours. Yeah. That's it. Love them like they're yours, just in case they are. Did you, uh, did you watch your boy Musgrove pitch in the All Star game? Of course. Yeah. The, we have, uh, my mom posted a picture on Instagram of, of six of us all sitting on the couch watching, uh, watching the All Star game together because our family, even though I'm the only one who continued playing baseball, we are a big baseball family. We watch yep. a lot of baseball. So um, that was really fun. But that was it was funny because we managed to get just the six of us, the family on the couch, because obviously there's a lot more people there. You know, all of our, you know, significant others and all the kids and everything. But uh, yeah. So then my other brother, Jack, has two kids, two boys that are both, you know, three and almost two as well. So six kids. There's always a baby to hold or a, yep. or a toddler to entertain. It was just constant. Are you fun. Uncle Stevie, by the way? What are you? Uh, it's, it's pretty much Uncle Teven. Teven? The, the, the yeah. Like um, the S is not great, but they do this. The cutest things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like they uh, my my niece, Kendall, she's three. She she asked me you know, we were watching baseball. We were actually watching the home of Derby because we hung out the night before. And uh, she's like, we're, you know, baseball's on TV. And she goes, Uncle Steven, it's like you. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, you play baseball on TV. I was like, I do play baseball on TV. And then she turns to Lydia, who's standing next to me, and goes, do you play baseball on TV? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, no, no, I don't. <laughs> That's adorable. But, uh, yeah, that. no, it was it was adorable. I mean, there's the the kids love baseball. We had it on. They would they would sit there and watch it, and we uh, watched Peter Pan. We did it all. Did all the good. All the good stuff. work. Uh, Musgrove wore the. Uh, did you see him during the home run derby? What he was wearing? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is Joe. I mean, we we were so we had in our group chat um, beforehand. We were trying to get him to do different stuff. So. 
we were trying to get him to wear flip-flops and like uh like flip-flops with slacks and a tank top on the red carpet that's what we wanted him to do to go full san diego but i mean that's pretty close he was like i'll do a tank top for like the home run derby so yeah it worked out well yeah it's not bad i kind of dug it actually like the nba jersey and the padres colors like that's that's something that could happen i kind of dig it yeah you know we actually um uh, yeah, no, I, I think that that's he couldn't have done any better with that. It's so San Diego. This is my, my first time being back to San Diego and, and seeing how much San Diego loves Joe is that I saw his his TV commercial. He's got a nice long TV commercial for a San Diego based, you know, reservation casino. No, he doesn't. How yeah, is he's he like there? He's their number one guy. Oh, it's great. It's like him lounging in the pool with a pina colada and like him's longboarding around and you know just being super cool san diego joe that he is well does he have any does he have any spoken words in this or is he merely um i don't know we didn't have the sound on i i wish i wish i could tell you i'm sure he says something i i think joe is pretty good at it though i don't think he's gonna be full robotic if he's reading the prompter but i don't know i didn't i didn't hear it uh i gotta tell you we had uh we had david bednar on the show course you're yeah your former pirates teammate and i just noticed i wish i had seen this before having him on he does some sort of ad for something i forget god i forget what it is but first of all his hair is perfect like there's a perfect part and he looks like a guy who who could be on one of these infomercial sales something like he's all tucked in in the short sleeve shirt and he's actually like pitching in this garb and it's amazing. It is amazing stuff. Woo. Did you did you see his his extreme lack of neck? Oh yeah. He's just so strong and big. He just walks around like this. Nice guy though. I liked him. Oh, Bednar's best. He is the best. His his videos that John Boy puts on after he gets a save and the line just going fuck him. Fuck him. Fuck him is the funniest thing, dude. I Here think it is. Absolutely... Here's the ad. Look at look at oh, the heart. Yeah. Look at the hair. Dude. Wow. Oh Look my how god. Thick that guy is. Oh yeah. He and Vogelbach so definitely wrestling like, for the last drumstick at the buffet. Yes. It's yeah. he's one of those guys that like catch before, you know, before the game and everything. He doesn't throw a ball over 45 miles an hour. He what? just barely throws it for catch play in the afternoon and then he gets out on the mound and like his warm up pitches, he's barely tossing it. And then like he throws a few hard and he gets on the mound. It's 98. Really? Oh yeah. Guys just got to, Oh, it's so funny because you see him and you think he'd be like a, you know, it looked like he's muscling the ball. He's all arm whip. Hmm. All arm whip. I bet. So I think it doesn't matter traded. if he practices it, you know, it's just going to happen. Yeah, I think he gets traded before the deadline. I know he's got a few more years of service time, so it gets a little tricky in terms of prospect return. But I think he's a guy because he could fit in any role. Like you could put him in the seventh inning of a with a really, really good bullpen that have some experienced guys behind him, but also the time that those guys need off. You've got a guy who's done it in the ninth inning. Yeah, no, he's he's got a special arm. He's you know it's it's a different um, it's a different look too because you know he's got crazy spin on his fastball and it you know it's got that nice ride to it 
but then his curveball is really slow. Mm. There's a curveball like 75. Wow. So it's it's 98 and then 75 and it moves a ton. And then he's got like a 90 mile an hour splitter, you know, just because of course he does. Chris Rose rotation presented to you by our buddies over at SeatGeek. I want you to follow a few instructions. It's very simple. Take your phone, go to the app store, download the SeatGeek app and off you go because it is the best place to find tickets, not only for baseball games, but the upcoming NFL season, college football. Pretty soon after that, you're going to have NBA and NHL getting going. Oh, by the way, you want to go check out your favorite musical artists at a concert venue. They can help you do the shopping as well. And you know what? I want to save you some money. So go to SeatGeek, enter the promo code ROSE. You're going to get 20 bucks off your tickets. Now, here's the fun thing about SeatGeek. They do some homework for you. They actually grade every seat that's available on a scale of 0 to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. So the green light, that means it's a good deal. The red light, not so great. So they're helping you out. You check it out. You think, oh, that seat's awesome. All of a sudden, it's got a little red dot next to it. No bueno. Let's cut it off now. Uh, don't worry. Once again, you go on over to the Seat Geek app. They're going to hook you up. Use the code word ROSE. You get 20 bucks off your order at Seat Geek. Who knows? Maybe you'll end up sitting next to Jimmy or Jake because that's where the green buttons go. But if you sit next to me, that means you pick the seat with red. Anyway, use Seat Geek right now. The Cubs were uh, represented in the All-Star game. Wilson Contreras was there. Ian Happ, uh, they both walked the red carpet. I don't know if you saw their styles or not, or as we like to say, the fits. I thought, I, thought, uh, I thought they both looked great. I, I, I think Wilson going full, like, pattern is a great look for him. I'm not surprised at all. He actually – so, you know, I don't really know him very well, but, you know um, – he dresses really nice and feel like every day. It's kind of like his thing. He likes to look oh. good. Yeah. Um, Ian, on the other hand, is not that guy. So seeing him in a suit, it's very nice. He looked great. Very shiny hap suit. Yeah, he's he's a he's a John Boy guy, right? He's got a podcast. Sure as hell is. That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's always interesting when guys come to the field dressed in a nice Interesting. Yeah, you know, it used to be kind of, you know, what you did, especially on flights, you right. know, like I it's so funny talking to the the new like when I was down in Arizona and these kids that are 23 years old that, you know, were never around when when we used to do this because nowadays like on the flights they all wear this because it's they're nice clothes. It's not like I look bad. It's just, I'm not, I'm not just fancy and you know, it's casual, but it's still nice. But I mean, when I came out of the big leagues, it was a suit and tie for every flight. Ew. You know? Yeah. That's horrible. I'm sorry. So you, I, I don't get that at all. We're flying on a freaking plane. Like who cares who sees you in public these days? It doesn't. And by the way, what you wear in public, you should just be wearing, you can wear nice clothes that are comfortable. Yeah. God. And that's, and that's what it's gone to. I don't think really anybody i think the yankees still encourage like collars and stuff like that but i don't it's still like you know um it, it's it kind of died off with that that older generation of players yeah you know because they were the ones who were really enforcing it i don't think managers cared anymore but it was just you know the the older players that like this is what you do kind of thing um but yeah dude i remember oh man 
you'd like finish up a Sunday day game in St. Louis. It's a hundred degrees oh. with a hundred percent humidity. So even after you come in and sh- cold shower and try to drive for 20 minutes, it doesn't matter. You put, you start putting your shirt on, you're sweating like crazy. You put the jacket on top of it. You're trying to tie a tie around your neck. It's just like, ugh, oh, I just, I hate that feeling of putting clothes on sweaty back. Ugh, so that's gross. horrible. That's horrible. Um, you were you teammates with Starling Marte? Was he still in Pittsburgh when you got yeah. there? Yeah. Did you see him on the carpet? No, no, I didn't. Robbie, I think we have that picture, don't we? oh yeah i saw that i saw that yeah okay all right i'm sorry if i ever had to shower with a guy whose body looked like that i'd call it quits i'd be like i'm not showering anymore yeah i shower with bodies like that all the time uh that's no Marte is probably him and polanco was the same way both those guys were just absolutely shredded um Marte is like He's he's a really nice guy. He's really funny, actually. Um, but you know, I got to face him the other day, and uh, and he smiled at me. I was like, "Yeah, Jay remembers me. That that makes me happy." You know, we've been <laughs> separate for a while now, so I wasn't sure if he would, but he he got up to the plate and gave me a little little smile, and I was like, "Ah, this guy. He's a good dude, though. He's a good guy." Were you really worried? You thought he wasn't going to remember you? Yeah, man. I'm. Okay, here's here's the way I see it. I never expect anybody to remember me because I am terrible at that. And I like, so if I'm going to go, you know, Starling Marte was already a big name when I was playing with him. And since then, he's played on like four different teams. And, you know, like he's a big star. So I'm not going to like assume that he remembers who I am. He's met so many people, but... I did. You know, he did. And I left enough of an impression that he remembered me. So that's nice. You sell yourself short. Oh, well, well, thank you. But, but like I said, I just don't, I just don't expect it from anybody. And then there's, then, then there's no awkwardness, you know, okay. ever. Cause if he um, didn't remember me, I wouldn't have called him out on it. Like, no, unbelievable. You know no, what I mean? No. Ploof and I had the discussion when we saw that shot of him. Ploof was like, he's one of those guys that probably doesn't even have to do crunches in order to look like that. And I was like, no, I bet you he puts the serious time in the weight room. Which one is it? I think it's both. I think it's both. I, I think that if he didn't work out, he would still be ripped. But, I mean, he wouldn't have, like, the 12-pack that he has. And it's not, like, it's not like he does anything. You know, he doesn't have, like, a super clean diet or anything like that. He is naturally inclined to that because i could if if i were to work as hard as i could and absolutely eat perfectly clean and just be in the weight room every day it would probably take me five years to get even close to the definition that he has i don't know if i'd ever be able to do it i really don't and his is just more he's just naturally like that how are your abs uh i got four of them I got four of them. That bottom one, I got a nice, we call it the, the velo pouch, you know? There's the a few beers pouch. sitting in there. Yeah. A few beers sitting there. You don't want to be too shredded as a pitcher. You got to, you got to twist your weight. You got to throw your weight to the plate. You know what I mean? So if you don't have at least a little bit of extra, a little extra tire in there, then you're not going to, you're not going to throw as hard. Obviously. Who's, 
who's the most jacked up pitcher that you have ever played with? Tyler Glass now, by far. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not even, even back fair. then because he looked a little like skinnier and stuff. He's always been absolutely talking about like a guy with a 12 pack. He's also like 30 feet tall. So, you know, he's I mean, that dude, he's always been like that. But he but he works extremely hard because I think if he didn't, he would just be a tall, skinny kid. But he's he's an athletic freak. So I know. But he also loves it. He loves to work out. He loves to exercise. He loves to challenge him. I'm like, oh, God, dude, I try to trudge through 45 minutes on the elliptical every day. I'm like, we're only on minute 18. Jesus. <laughs> My yeah, God. He's, he's the kind of guy that would um, he used to kind of get in trouble for it because he'd he'd go in the gym and he had, they, you know, the pirates would have a lift for him and he'd, he'd like be doing it and then he'd finish it. And then he'd be in the weight room for another 45 minutes, just walking around and just go like he would literally see somebody doing something like, oh, yeah, this person's over here doing pull-ups and so then he'd just work in with them and just do a few sets of pull-ups and then somebody else would do it like he would just walk around the weight room like he was you know in a food court and just kind of sampling all the the different things that were around that was that was how tyler did it so that's how you get the, i always call i i always call tyler the greek god he is the greek god that's he is. that's what the uh michelangelo was sculpting right there Good yeah well he and his brother ted ted's no joke either ted was a decathlete at notre dame oh so no, that's how that's what Tyler trained as growing up. Yeah. Yeah. My God, what a goofball. You think he probably thought it was extra credit in the gym. Hey, if I do 16 pull-ups, do I get extra credit, dude? I wouldn't. I mean, he's ugh, he's such a weirdo, but he's great. He's still our communication has now become just every now and then we'll send each other a Snapchat and it's always something stupid. Whenever I get a Snapchat from Tyler Glass now, I know it's either gonna be on a beach or something really stupid. There is no, there's really no in between. Who's your best texting buddy in the show right now? Trevor Williams, for sure. Ah, yeah. I actually got to see him, you know, because we were playing the Mets when I came up right before the all-star break. So that was nice, but um, oh yeah, I talked to him a bunch. I actually, Lydia and I stayed in his house in San Diego over the all-star break because he, his family stayed out in New York and we were going to be there for a few days and, you know, my brother was staying with my parents already. So we were talking, oh, we can get a hotel. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to hit Trevor up just in case. And he said he wasn't going to be there and let us use it. It's perfect. It's How's the Trevor Williams Airbnb? Oh, it was really nice. The water took a while to get hot um, in the shower. That was not ideal. Um, and there was something else. The Wi-Fi didn't work very well. I mean, come on. You got to have good Wi-Fi. He's got three kids, doesn't he? And four. He's got four kids. I think he had a fourth. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah. Man. He's got four. He's another one that I think they're all like under seven or something, aren't they? Yeah, I think Isaac is yeah, Isaac is six now. I think. Yeah. Wow. That's kindergarten, right? Six years old. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um I know you watched the all-star game. I thought one of the coolest things was miking up of the pitchers. I thought that was really neat. Here's a uh here's a little taste of, of what transpired there on All Star Tuesday. John, what do you want? Back foot slider down low. Oh, you're sexy. Here we go. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that was a front smokes. foot slider. My bad. <laughs> hey, you guys know the scouting report on this guy? 
Also very aggressive. Loves the first pitch fastball. I know he hits balls far. That too. Pretty good. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. We actually, uh, you, we didn't have the sound on high enough at first to hear it. And then I saw that he had the microphone in his ear and I was like, I think he's talking. Like, I think he's talking right now. So then I, so we turned it up and then, yeah, it was, it was funny. I, I love that stuff, man. And I, I think that Manoa is obviously, he's a great personality. So he's a great guy to do it. Um, but asking, asking Smoltz what to throw was fantastic. It was just really funny that he hit him in the foot. I would have immediately been like, damn it, John, what a terrible pitch call. I would have thrown it all on him, all his fault. I love the part, though, where he calls Smoltz sexy. It's the first time ever that has happened, whether it's on national TV or behind closed doors. <laughs> oh, you're sexy. That, and that's such a funny, that's such a funny reaction to him just saying <laughs> back foot slider, you know? But I also, I love the uh, Nestor Cortez, Jose Trevino part where they were kind of like talking about here. Here's a little more. Let's let's listen, because yeah. I thought it was so good. What do you think of it? Cut it back door. Okay. Get there. Come on. Give me that. Good cut her in. Let's do it. I think he's looking for all. Uh, oh, you're up and in again. All right. Yep. Yes, sir. You want this ball? Yeah. Now, imagine a world, a different universe than the one that we live in, where we would be able to do that and teams wouldn't use it to cheat in real games. Just it would imagine. Make, it would make baseball so much more appealing on television. So much more appealing. Is oh, that how the conversation so cool. would go, by the way? If you were to be hooked up with Wilson Contreras or, you know, let's say guys that you've worked with substantially more, a Jacob Stallings yeah. or something in the past, is that the way it would go? So, okay. Here's, here's, the, here's the problem. You would have to have it like turned off um when 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 you come to an agreement of the pitch right and you decide you know whatever's going to happen you have to turn it off because you know at, immediately after the pitch is thrown if it's a bad pitch everybody's saying things that they don't mean for anybody else to hear you know what i mean like a catcher is going to get frustrated if a pitcher keeps throwing balls or throwing it right down the middle and it's getting crushed but you know, you don't show that outwardly, right? Because that's showing up your teammates. Same thing. Pitchers are going to get frustrated if they're doing the same thing. And like that part of it, I think would have to kind of get worked out. But so what, are you dude, saying that a, a catcher, let's say a guy keeps bouncing a ball when you're not supposed to, or you're missing your spot consistently. Is he saying under his breath, fuck man, like enough. Is that what happens? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like you, it's, it's any it's the same way with anything. The catchers want to win just as bad. And catchers want to win, but also catchers want the pitchers to do well when they're catching, right? Because that any catcher will tell you they you feel it, every run is your run just as much as it is the pitcher's run. Mm -hmm. Because and that's what I think that's why most of these catchers get to the big leagues is because they have that attitude ingrained in them. It's not something they choose, it's just who they are where I'm back here, I'm the field general, I'm calling the pitches. Um, 
or, you know, if he's shaking, I'm still like, we're there together and everything. And so they feel it too. And so, yeah, that frustration when something goes wrong is, is they're gonna, I mean, you're gonna feel that that's, uh, it wouldn't be human if you didn't, you know, I'm not saying that catchers are back there yelling or talking to the umpire about how much they hate this pitcher, what he's doing right now, but yeah, like as a pitcher, you throw a pitch and you miss and your immediate reaction is, there's no reason for (laughs) the catcher doesn't need to hear that, but yeah. Do you really not know that you wouldn't think that the catchers would get frustrated? Yes, I did. I did think it, but we don't hear it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. I've talked to enough guys where, I mean, that's the thing I always talk to catchers about when they come on because they have to be such psychologists because they're working with 13 different personalities on a staff, you know, I mean, you're, you're super nice and likable here. I imagine you've got a little bit of fuck you on the mound. You can't make it to the major leagues without that. Oh yeah. Am I right? Absolutely. And, and I love working with catchers, but you know, part of, this is part of something I tell people all the time, you know, you, you never want to surround yourself with yes men, no matter where you go. Right. Like you want to surround yourself with people who are intelligent and work on their opinions. Like they don't just come up with something, but they have, you know, they have a reason behind the way they think or what they're doing. And catchers are always going to have that in the major leagues, but pitchers are too, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you have to, you have to realize that, there's going to be push and shove. Sometimes there's sometimes when people get fired up and, you know, you see catchers and pitchers, you know, it happens sometimes kind of going at it and in the dugout and then it becomes this big story, but like that wouldn't happen if both of those guys didn't care. It's not because they hate each other. It's because they hate what happened and they're not necessarily blaming the other person, but you're in that moment, you're just heated, you know? And so that kind of comes out sometimes and it comes out of pitchers. It comes out of catchers. It comes out of position players. It, it happens all the time. And that's part of, that's part of being on a team, you know, it's having these different personalities and you're going to clash every now and then. And it's about being able to get through that, get past that. Like holding grudges wouldn't work. It just, it can't work because you're going to fight with people. Did you ever get into it with a catcher? Um, me and Stahl's got into it multiple times in minor leagues, big leagues, um, Jacob Stallings, because we caught, you know, he caught me a lot. And I remember, um, so the game that I threw the complete game in 2020 against the Cardinals. So my next start was a lot, my last start of the season. And I had this whole thing that I was doing, which was like, not thinking, not shaking on pitches. I was just throwing whatever stalls was calling. And the idea was to just be athletic and just attack the zone. I'm just throwing everything I can or everything hard as I can down the middle kind of thing. Right. And in the second inning, I think of the Cubs game, um, I got runners on first and second. Cause I had, I think I hit two guys in a row and stalls came out and it wasn't, it wasn't a nice meeting. It was, you know, what are you doing? Like we talked about this before the game and you're completely just like, you know, he says, he says some stuff that I'm not going to repeat because he did, he doesn't really like to, you know, cuss and stuff. Um, but, but in general, the, the theme was I was not committed to what I said I was going to do before the game. And I was 
just making make I wasn't it looked like I wasn't trying like I didn't care and that was all coming through to stalls and he's like fix it and he just walked back to the home plate next batter double play and then I ended up throwing seven shutty against the Cubs that day and so those kind of things they have to be done sometimes you know like that's a guy that I know and I respect and I trust and he knows that so he feels comfortable with coming out and telling me what I like what is really going on and what I need to hear but it wasn't nice, <laughs> you know, and, well, and I've gotten on him about stuff too. You know, was, if I, if, if I call, if he calls a pitch and I shook it and then he called it again, I guarantee you we're talking about it and the dugout in between innings. That's just that kind of stuff where it's like, okay, he's clearly committed to this pitch and I'm seeing something completely different. We have to talk about this. So, yeah. Interesting. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. It's cool. Yeah. I got two quick things and we'll get you out of here. Two. Uh, you got to face your old teammate, Kevin Newman in AAA. Why are you shaking your head? Because, dude, he hit the ball right back at me like he always does. But what happened? Have I told you this? Newman and I have faced each other now four times. Three of them were live BPs. Okay. First one. He hit a line drive back to me that I caught. Second one, he hit a line drive back to me that hit me right on the butt really hard. Third one, he hit a homer. And then fourth one in, a, in an actual game in Iowa, he hit it right back at me again. He's hit it right back at me three times out of four times they faced each other. And they were all on three, two counts. The guy, I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to throw him. You better figure it out because that brings me to my last topic. You might get a chance to face your old team coming up. I know. And if Newman's there, I, I'm probably just, I mean, I'm probably just going to hit him. I don't know. Why waste the pitches? You know, I might as well hit him. He keeps hitting me. <laughs> just want to let me know that if I end up hitting Kevin, it was not actually on purpose. Uh, that was a joke. But no, seriously, like, it's crazy. If, if he hits another ball back at me, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't know, because if I throw it outside, he pulls it at me. If I throw it inside, he inside-outs it back at me. It's just always right back at me. Let's clean it up. Got a big big series with the Pirates after the Phillies, so let's go. Good yeah. show. Uh. I got to get locked in now. Baseball starts in uh, 48 hours, 20, You'll be 24 excited hours. to know. We have new categories on the wheel of moderately interesting things. Whee. Crushing it, mini me, giving mood, which I totally hope we don't end on because I forgot what that is. Stranger Things, grade A. Cool. Here we go. I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever you throw at me. Crushing it. God, this wheel must be weighted. We landed a lot on that. Who is your first celebrity crush uh jessica alba fantastic four movie absolutely no question wow yeah i still remember that because i just i also really liked angelina jolie and tomb raider i don't know how you wouldn't that was a big yes. celebrity crush for me um but no that that's the one i always say like my my when i was like 12 or 13 whatever 
was definitely Jessica Alba. She was she was the number one. Yeah. Dude, you should see the smile on your face right now. You just got this. Who is who is yours? Who's yours? Wow. There we go. Solid. She dude. gets she gets uh she's you know the invisible lady in that movie. I don't know what her name is, like her superhero name is, but I don't think she has one. Um but uh but it was it's a terrible movie. I mean it's a truly horrible movie, but when I was a kid I loved it. So yeah. Well, for many reasons. That was right in your sweet spot, 12, 13. You're like, whoa. Uh, I've told this before because I've landed on crushing it, but Cheryl Ladd, who was in the original Charlie's Angels, the TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, And I ended up having her as a guest on the Best Damn Sports Show, period. And it just just made your life? I mean, just turned into Creepersville for me. Like, I just, (laughs) I couldn't stop staring at her. I was like, you know, she was probably in her early to mid fifties. And I was like, still, you're stunning. Yeah. Good for you, man. Yeah. Uh, How about this? Why don't, why don't you just spin it again for another one? Since you've done that one so many times. You want another category? I love it. Your eagerness is just. I like doing these because it's not like, you know, we're not going to do this again. Oh, no. You are the first one to get Stranger Things. If that's not fitting, I don't okay, know what it is. I, I want to preface this by saying this category was made by Michelle Rose, my amazing wife. Teacher. She's like, you have to come up with a series of questions that are so strange that people wouldn't even want to answer them. Love that. So the first question is, please, <laughs> I can't believe I have to do this. Please describe to us the smell of your armpits. Right now? No, like <laughs> a mix of old spice BG and there's like a, a woodiness to it, like an earthiness, you know? Like just straight from the ground. You know what I mean? It's not bad. It's just it's just real, you know? It's earthy. Did you shower today? Yeah, yeah, I showered. I put on deodorant. It's just, you know, I'm walking around. So that, so there's a little bit of musk, just a tiny bit. Not something you'd walk by and smell, you know? But, like, if you got way in there, yeah, you'd be like, you could maybe put on a little more. Do you, like, when you, if you haven't showered yet, do you really get, do you get in there and check it out and see what it smells like? Yeah, I, I don't have to. I don't have to get in there. Really? I, I sweat when I sleep most of the time, so it's, it's, it ends up being a little stinky in the mornings. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a big, like wake up as soon as I wake up, go take a shower or at least put deodorant on. Wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'll answer. I don't care. Well, no, I know you is don't. Is that all you got? Well, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. I only had one stranger things question, <laughs> but it is a strange one. You don't usually get asked it. No, it's hard to describe that scent too, you know? Yeah, I thought you did a great job with it, though. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's awesome catching up with you. I'm so happy that you um, that you made it back to the show, man. It's exciting. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's been a it's been a grind. Um, but I mean, it's not like other people have had much harder, you know, times coming back. Uh, but this is the first time, you know, since I tore my lat in last spring training that I actually feel like myself again so it's been you know about a year and a half 
and um, and I'm ready for that to be the end of it. So I'm going to do everything I can to keep that anything like that from happening again. But say la vie. We'll figure it. We'll see what happens. You know what we should do? If you're willing, and I don't want to like get into your schedule too much, but I think it'd be fun for everybody if you took us on an Instagram live tour of the field of dreams when we get there. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'd be able to do it. No problem. Um, I know I'm sure Ian will be doing something for his podcast, too. And those those uh, events like that, they let you bring your phone out on the field for batting practice and stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe what so we should do. Is, yeah, we should go on the John Boy Media Instagram live feed and you can kind of walk us through a little bit of what it's like. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I would love to. That's the 11th. The 11th. Yep. Awesome. That's going to be a good time. Well, travel nice safely show. to Philly. I look forward to seeing you throw this weekend at some point. I'll be watching, as always. And then against your old team, the Pirates. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. And don't forget to treat Newman like a pinata. Jerk. Oh, just pepper him. Let's go get him. I'm going to hit him the first pitch. And if I, if, he, if I miss or he fouls it off, going back, just here's another one. And then here's another one. Can you imagine? He's like actually a really, really good friend of mine. Like if I actually hit Newman on purpose, I would feel like, I mean, you just, that's just, you're, you're, you're a jerk. You're not a good person. Hey man. So Jim Tomei, uh, when he was playing with the Indians, the Indians and Red Sox got into a bad one series, really bad. And there was a left-hander named Rael Cormier. And it was one of Tomei's best friends, one of his best friends, like they're hunting buddies and all sorts of stuff. Well, something happened. Somebody got hit and Tomei knew he was getting hit. And he got plunked and he charged the mound against oh, one of boy. his against one of his best friends. Could you imagine having Jim Tomey? That's like a grizzly bear running at you. Yeah, that reminds me of like the Carlos Quentin Zach Granke. Oink. Yeah, Granke breaking his collarbone or whatever. Yeah, that was a good one too. But I mean, could you imagine having Kevin Newman charge you? No, but also I don't think I don't think he would. But also he's not a very big guy. I don't think, I mean, I, I, it's not that I'm not scared of Newman. It's, it's just that I, I'm not scared of Kevin Newman at all. I don't know. He's, he's one of the very few people in baseball that's actually smaller than me. There's not many. If Jim Tomey rushed me, I might probably just run away. <laughs> Please, uh, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll run a third, go get wisdom and be like, hey, go fight him. Be my You're bouncer. Like push him in front of me. Be my bouncer. Security. Security. Yeah. All right, man. Travel safe. It was awesome seeing you. Let's uh, give a special shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Robbie Shirocco, and our summer intern, Sam Singer, as well. That is the Mustache Man, Stephen Brault. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. Quick reminder, every Monday through Friday, you can join Trevor Plouffe and yours truly with Baseball Today. That is live at 1130 a.m. Eastern on AMP. So download it on your iPhone today. Use the code word Baseball Today. You get to yell at us. You get to laugh with us. You get to ask us questions, comments, concerns. It's all there every day on AMP.